Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Kristen Hissock is on a personal mission to change the conversation in the business world, moving away from the pursuit of success to focusing on fulfillment instead. Because if you're fulfilled, success is a given, but not so much if the other way around. He can often be heard saying, you mean more than you know, because he believes that as people learn to understand their worth, their fears fade, and amazing feats become reality. He considers this the foundation of all his achievements as the co-founder and CEO of Cardia and leader of 14 thriving companies. Through Cardia, the, Cardia means the heart in Greek, and Kristen is determined to bring more heart into business and the world. Heart is a form of kindness, compassion, and altruism. Heart that fuels, roots, and guides each company to do the right things for its team members, clients, and the greater communities they serve. Welcome, Kristen. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Fantastic. How did you get such a deep involvement in things going forward? How did you ever get this deep emotional involvement? You know what, for myself, I think it's all your stories, your past kind of comes to helping you kind of come up with that purpose, what you're excited to do, what you're passionate to do, what what I honestly feel you're called to do. And so for myself, I think a lot of this um, heart-centered business comes to the practices that you see in, in the world today, right? I think a lot of people are focused on just, you know, themselves focused on, a, a, you know, accumulating wealth or, or building something bigger and better. And, it, and I think a lot of that has caused issues when it comes to just our internal people locally in your own communities, people abroad in your nation or even in the world. And I think from a business standpoint, I think we're called as entrepreneurs and business people to use our businesses for good. And so I'm, I very much believe that you can do good and make money at the same time. They're not mutually exclusive. And so because of that, it's like, I think it's our obligation as business owners or entrepreneurs in the business world to be able to do that. I think that's obviously important in your personal life, but I think we're called as entrepreneurs to do it at a, a very big scale. I think that's that's pretty. Uh, do you remember the story of the Hard Rock Diner and the Hard Rock Hotels? I haven't. No. You know, they started with a social purpose in mind, and you know, they were founded oh decades ago, yeah. and and they started with really the following four point model: love all, serve all, take time to be kind, save the planet, and all is one. Now, now, can you picture how that helped them through those years of adversity when they were moving forward? I I mean, they had huge amounts of problems, especially in the pandemic, especially in times where restaurants were going bankrupt, left, right and center. And yet these were the simple, simple things that that served them. Lawful, serve all. Take time to be kind. Save the planet. 
and all is one. Four simple little mottos that really that really help to bring them through this this transitionary time. And and I, I think those are the 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 principles that that you're trying to espouse as well in in, in many respects. That that those simple principles are what people pull on in times of adversity. Totally. And I think it kind of, for myself, it goes really it's deep because it's about people's fulfillment, right? It's about people feeling their worth, right? I think as you said in the bio there, I talk about like, you know, success. I have a couple of sayings I say often, right? Success is meaningless without fulfillment. But also one of the biggest ones I say is you mean more than you know, right? And so I think from us as, as humans, as us in our families and our, our societies that we're living in, sometimes we forget that me, I matter, right? You matter, the person listening to this, right? It's like, and regardless of whether you think you're not a person speaking on a big stage or you're not a big performer or this thing that you would create value in, you as a, you know, maybe a single mom at home raising your kids matter. And you matter to the kids, you matter to the whole world around you. And so the more I think we can do to help people realize that, whether that's how we treat people in, in your own companies or your own team members and the importance of just honoring them, making sure that they're feeling that fulfilled in their roles and what they're doing, or our customers have, have actually asking the right questions and making them help to understand that they have value to them, right? And it could be as easy as something like, you know, we look at like a product-based business where it's, they're selling a, a chocolate bar or a pro, any type of product. They think, oh, well, how am I going to make people feel good? But like, think of how you do your packaging, right? Like, could you put a little label on there saying something like, hey, you're beautiful or, you know, have a great day or just something. How can we think about little things that we could do in our business and our day-to-day life that can contribute to other people's joy and happiness or get them to think about it at least? That's important. And I think, uh, how, how would this, let's suppose, go to the service industry as well? How would something like that transpire? in service for customers. Oh, I love it. So I think if I, there's lots of always service business. I think if you look at the restaurant industry, for example, right? We talked about the hard rock there for a second. Um, when I, I used to, one of my favorite jobs I did, if I was going to be, I say, if I was going to be a, any job, if I didn't have the ambition I have to be an entrepreneur that I have, I would do one of two jobs. I'd go back to being an athletic coordinator at a private school because I had done that. I got basketball behind me um, from a team that I coached, or I'd go back to managing a restaurant. And the reason why I wanted to manage a restaurant is, and I love that, is when I was doing it years ago, we'd always have these things called pre-shift, right? And so most time in a pre-shift, you're talking to all your servers and you're giving them a contest of who can sell the most, you'll get a prize, right? That's typical. What I would do in those scenarios is like, hey, who can bring back the story from the conversations that you have with our guests that was the most impactful story, the most connection that you created with somebody. Like that's the contest for today because I'm like, as much as you may think you're just a server and you're just giving people food and whatever, it's like you're actually have an opportunity to serve someone, to have conversations with someone. And we don't know where there are in life, right? Some people are coming there to celebrate something. Some people had a really horrible day and they just don't have the time to make dinner for their family. So they're taking them out. Someone's dealing with things in their life or having positive things. It's, it's kind of a, a whole spectrum when you think of a person in a restaurant. But you as a server, I would say, have the opportunity to contribute joy, help them think that they have value, even as you serve you know, their sandwiches or whatever it is at the restaurant. And so that was our contest. And so that's a kind of as a service. It's like, how do you put a smile on somebody's face that if you're a service business, like a retail shop or a restaurant 
Or if you're in like say financial services, which we're pretty heavy in, how do you make sure you're listening to your cut, your, your clients or your potential clients, right? Actually asking them questions about their life and what they're wanting to accomplish rather than just being transactional. So it's about taking that extra time to care about the human that's in front of you. Yeah, those are huge. Those are huge. Uh, let, let's bring in some of your own particular businesses that you're working now, those 14 companies that you say, and give us some examples from them. Awesome. Well, I love it. I kind of want to have, a, we have one called Cardia Communities that I'm partnered with. Uh, one of my longtime friends and business partner, Carolyn Gallardo. And so we run that. We have a good team of people that run our, it's a real estate business. So we acquire properties. We do things what they call rent to own, or we have rentals, Airbnbs. But part of it as we do it is one of them on the rent to own side is we're helping people that maybe had some financial difficulty at some point in their life, being able to get into their first house or be able to rebuy a house after having say a bankruptcy years ago or whatever it may be. And so we sit down with those clients to find out find strategies to help work with them over like say a two year period of time for them to be able to buy that property off of it. It's called rent to own. So it's been a great thing that we've been able to support. There's a lot of people doing it for us. We obviously want to do it at a high level to make sure people feel supported. So we give them access to a mortgage broker that understands credit and they actually learn about their financial situation to help them eventually buy a property. That's one of the examples. The other side of it on a lot of real estate is very transactional, right? You think you have, say, we have a little bit of a rental portfolio. So people are renting. Most investors or most properties, if say someone misses payments, it's straight to eviction, right? It's just like, we got to get rid of this. You hear the pains of having tenants. For us, we look at it a little differently. When someone is missing a payment, we first off reach out to them and say, hey, what can we do to support you? What's going on in your life? And we had one of our ladies, Margarita, on our team, had reached out to someone that, you know, by all senses of like what we can do, our rights and legally, we could evict this person. They missed the payment and they were they constantly were a little bit behind. But she reached out to them instead and said, hey, what's going on? Let's book a call. She sat on a call with them, started asking about their lives and their situations, finding out they're going through some stressful times. She has some little bit of coaching background. So she gave them a couple of pointers, got them to write out what their goals were, what their dreams are, what their focuses were. And help them work through that. All of a sudden, that person's committed. They're paying their rent. They're catching back up. But yet, it was so important for us because it was like that person, we treated them as a human. And they obviously, if they're not making their payments, it's not maybe most of the time, it's not because they're just, they just don't want to. It's there's something else going on. So taking that time. And from a, the doing good and making money at the same time, for us as a business, if you really think about it, it's like we didn't have to evict someone, take a couple months to do that, then try to find a new person to rent our spot. Like there's all, we also save money in that process too. And so I think it's okay to talk about doing both things at the same time. So that's kind of some of the examples of one of the businesses that we have. And that, that's rather important. That, that sounds like the human nature coming out there and, and the true spirit coming out. Do you have some of the other businesses that you have that you like to speak yeah, so it's kind of fun because we uh, in the real estate, we have finance business, but we actually just bought a local chocolate shop in uh, in Duncan, British Columbia, where I live. Um, and it's called, it, we have it, it's just a small one, it's literally across the street from my office, retail shop, but we also make the chocolates in the store. Um, and so one of the things when it comes to, well, okay, you own financial businesses, real estate businesses, now you own a chocolate shop, but everything we do is based on this, like, how do we build a heart-centered company? Right. It's more about the opera, how you operate a company than what the company is. So how that translates as a heart centered business is one, the way that we're hiring people. Right. We have opportunities for people that don't have necessary experience. We give them an opportunity to come into that work. They may be in other careers or other things that they're just not enjoying and liking. 
So we attract them, give them opportunities to find what they like to do in that, that retail business. Um, and then help encourage that person to find fulfillment in their personal life through the work. So that's been fun. But some of the tangibles too, is that one of the biggest problems that say nonprofits or charities have um, is that they aren't, they, they're nonprofits. So they don't necessarily make money, but a lot of times they need to run their nonprofits or their causes. They need capital. And so what we've done is we look at partnering with local nonprofits and charities, giving them an opportunity to sell our chocolates um, and then we will give a portion of that proceeds to them as the charity. So up to 20% of our actual proceeds of those sales that they make will go to them, the gross sales. So it gives them an opportunity to like, do something, especially around Christmas time as an example, selling the chocolate, it's good for gifts, but now that nonprofit can actually make some money, not asking for money as donations, but saying, hey, buy this stuff that you can give it as gifts and we're going to be able to make profit. So that's another example too of how you do good and make money at the same time. And that's that's a good thing because, you know, nonprofits uh, are actually have a lot of people they know so they can get the, your chocolates out to them and get them into a market that you wouldn't have otherwise. Exactly. Yeah. It's a really good term if people want to look it up. It's called strategic philanthropy, right? It's like really partnering with nonprofits, using your for-profit businesses to promote nonprofits and for nonprofits to promote other businesses and create this collective that you got to all grow together. Yeah, that, that would be sound very, very huge, and that would sound very, very instrumental. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that is a, a monumental uh, way of, of helping society, and at the same time, for you to give back as well. Totally. Yeah, it's a great opportunity for us all working together on that side. Uh, what, what are other parts of your philosophy you'd like to tell us about today? You know, I think one of the things is about how you treat your internal team members. I think there's going to be two parts of that. One, pay living wages. It is still shocking how many companies don't pay living wages to their team members or their employees, right? And when you look at, if you don't know what that means, you can Google that and just say, what is my living wage inside of my, in my region, right? So for yourself, Alan, you're in Edmonton. So you look up Edmonton, what's the living wage? It basically just tells you what does a person minimally need to make to be able to live, in that community, right? So say in, in Calgary, as an example, because I know it's just under $20 per hour, right? So that's like what you, as a company, you should build your models. And if you're pricing based on being able to pay your team members a minimum of that, right? So that's one thing I think is a tangible how we could do that and how we could structure it. Now, if you pay them that and they're living, they're more comfortable, they're feeling more fulfilled, they're not struggling, guess what? They're going to be more productive at work. They're going to be able to get things done faster or more efficiently, these type of things, which is really important. Um, so that's one thing. Um, the second thing is engage your team members in your company, right? Ask them what they're wanting to do, how, how they want to contribute to this world. Ask them about where in the business they would like to work. And I, and I think that's something that I think a lot of people miss. We hire based on, we need an accountant or we need a bookkeeper. So we hire that. But a lot of times it's like in your own internal companies, if you have, you know, a few staff, you ask them, Hey, what would you like to do? My chief HR officer in our company that helped run all of our hiring and staff was a kindergarten teacher previously. Right. But for her, she really had a desire to serve in this HR world. And so we gave her the runway to be able to do that and the ability to create her role that fits the overall vision. So I think those are some of the important things as like what a heart-centered business is. is one, it pays people what, they're, what they need to be able to do survive and not better. And they also look at engaging their team members as not part of their own vision, like as a founder's vision, but what are their vision and how they want to contribute to the overall vision as a company. 
So you let your employees grow into the roles that they want to be as well. Totally. Yeah. Helping. And we do a lot of development stuff. We're launching a lot of programs of, of like retraining or programs of like, Hey, there's, if you have a, if you have a passion for HR as this lady Michaela had, let's work you into that role. That's, there's no reason why you can't, even if your background is engineering or whatever it may be. Well, that's, that's a, that's a different view from a company as well. And that's a different way of looking at things. Now, how are you with home-based businesses now, you know, with COVID? So many people have moved outside of the traditional space into the home environment now. How do you feel on that? Yeah, I think it, so for us, way, even before COVID, way before COVID, we've been a company that has allowed our people to work from anywhere. So that kind of they can work from their homes or work from co-working spaces or work abroad if they want to travel around the world. And as long as they're getting their work done, right? But if we narrow it down to like very home-based businesses, like you, you know, say yourself or maybe one other person that you're working with, I think it's important to, I think that's awesome. It cuts down a lot of the costs. It gives you that ability. I think a couple of things you should add into it though. One, if you're a home-based business or a solo entrepreneur and you're at home all the day, all time, find ways to go out at least once or twice a week, go work at a coffee shop, go engage at the park, go do different scenarios. And I, I say the different reasons because if you're obviously an introvert, you might not want to go to the coffee shop and be overwhelmed, but you, that may be a park or go do something outside. But also, regardless of whether you're introvert or extrovert as an entrepreneur, you need to be around other entrepreneurs and other people. So find local um, networking things that you can be involved with. Um, if it's online for now, if it's, you know, your a- area that's a lot, you know, COVID still very affecting you, then do that online. But if not, you can go in person and take all the precautions, then go out and see people. I find a lot of entrepreneurs bury themselves into a hole and they pick up their head like five years later and be like, oh man, I've just been grinding for five years. I have no more friends anymore. I've just got all that. And it's not a, it's not a healthy choice on building a business. That sacrifice is not a good sacrifice. No, and I, I think that's important too. I think uh, in all businesses, there has to be social interaction and there has to be some some interaction going on at all levels. Without that, I don't think it's a true business. No, no, totally. I think you need to engage with humans, right? We need to be around each other. I got a, I got my incredible dog that me and my fiance have, Leo. And it's like, yeah, we like our animals and they're fun, but sometimes you got to go interact with the real humans out there, right? Not just your pets. Yeah. And, I, and although I love Zoom because it allows us to communicate across the world, yeah. I find it also stilts us a little bit in our development because we have a, a one-dimensional or two-dimensional sense as a result of it. Totally. No, I would agree. And I think that's, I think it's important to be very high tech and high touch again, right? Not one or the other, right? I think you could, you can, I think companies don't have to say you have to work here all the time and have to come into the office. Cause I think that doesn't really create that creativity for some people, but I also think it shouldn't just be always online. We have to be able to have those opportunities to collaborate, work together, be around each other, that type of thing. Yeah. I think that's important. A couple of questions. How do you have a fantastic life, Kristen, on a personal level? Um, how do I have a fantastic life? Well, I think if it's a personal side of things, I think I've been very fortunate to be able to have the, you know, the woman of my dreams in my life with our pet Leo and our family. Um, but I think that's uh, an important thing. But I will say that I'm excited. I love it. Her name's Lindsay. She's an incredible woman and, you know, lights my world up. But it's like how I got there was years ago, I was working 14 hour days, right? 15, 16 hour days. Sometimes I was grinding and working kind of like what I just said with that head down. 
And what I realized is like, what I talk about fulfillment, right? And I say, well, you can't just be fulfilled in one area of your life, right? I can't just like really love your work, but then like everywhere else is in shambles. That's not true fulfillment. Fulfillment is a holistic side of things. It has this fluidity of like having it all, all of those things together, your health and wealth, your also your personal relationships, your business, those type of things. So I've lost over 20 pounds in the last year and a half. Right. I've, you know, I was able to, my businesses are going and delegating work and, and collaborating. But then also because I picked my head up out of the work and say, Hey, I want wholeness in my life. I want to feel healthy. It gave room for me to meet Lindsay in, a, in the first place and be able to have that a relationship and spend that time in it as well. So I think for a lot of you, I think to have that personal fulfillment in your life, you need to put energy into it. You need to open up your opportunities to be able to meet people or to be able to be, take that gym time. Don't say I'm too busy at work. I can't go to the gym to, you know, get in shape if that, if you know, that's going to create fulfillment in your life. Yeah. I think that's important. Uh, are you, is there any other advice you give to others for having a fantastic life as well? Um, yes, I think down to the word I'll say again is like I focus on what fulfill what fulfillment is, not success. I truly believe that the pursuit of success destroys more lives than it gives life. And why I'm, why I think that is because success is this external viewpoint of where you are at in life, right? It's like, do you have an? Should you? Everyone thinks where what you should be spending your money on, where you should live, what you should do, and that, and that and they ripple it with like, well, to be successful, you need to do this. The problem with that is that you could do all of those things to create success and still be miserable. And so if you think of like your decision-making on the type of work you do, the time you spend on things based on fulfillment, fulfillment is that internal uh, viewpoint. It's really, you have to go deep. You have to actually ask yourself your questions of what is it that I enjoy doing? What did, look at my past. What were the times I felt the, you know, the best? And I felt like I was the, in my best version of myself, which I think is a big part of fulfillment. And so I think just changing that conversation and changing the focus from trying to pursue success to creating fulfillment in your life will create happiness in your personal and in your business life because you'll be doing the, the right things, not just the things that are going to create something for you that you may not even want in the end. Yeah. Thank you very much, Kristen. That's well said and well spoken. I think that will help others in their, in their regular day. Now, how can people get in touch with you if they'd like to and how can they find out more about the services you offer. Awesome. So I think there are two spots. One for my personal side of things. Uh, my website has all the links to my social medias and, and things like that. It has articles that I've written or get published on there. So you can go to kristenhiscock.com. So C-H-R-I-S-T-A-N-H-I-S-C-O-C-K.com. And that would have kind of all my details there. Um, the other one is my company, Cardia. It is. So it's Hello Cardia with that A at H E L L O K A R D I A dot com. Um, that talks about our companies that we have, what we're doing, kind of our purpose around this building heart centered businesses. And you can kind of read articles and get links from there as well. Well, thank you, Kristen. And thank you for spending the time with us today. You have a breath, you've been a breath of fresh air, and I'm sure others will take that breath of fresh air and run with it as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for the time today as well. And I'm looking forward to um, listening and answering any questions that your, your listeners may have. Thank you. We'll be in touch. Thank you, sir. Awesome. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye-bye.
You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Laika's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. Fantastic day.